1: put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: You're listening to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. There's no question that especially over the past couple of years, women have faced unprecedented challenges, including increased pressure to juggle responsibilities at work and at home, higher levels of burnout compared to men, lack of childcare, and more. In fact, a recent survey of 5,000 working women found that over half want to quit their job in the next two years, and only 10% plan to remain with their current employer for five years or more. 53% report feeling more stressed than last year, and 40% state that burnout is the main factor in their current surgery for new employment. On the line to discuss the current state of professional work culture and what has women heading for the door in record numbers is career transition expert Sarah McElroy and founder of Raise to Rise. Thank you for joining me.
0: Thank you, Vicki, for having me. I'm so happy to be able to chat with
2: you about this. Sarah, why have millions of women resigned from their jobs since 2020?
0: You know, Vicki, it has been a really crazy past couple of years. All of those reasons that you just mentioned related to increased pressure to juggle responsibilities of both being a professional at work and then housework and childcare, virtual schooling, so many different stressors have been on women's plates. And what we're really feeling seeing is that we're hitting a boiling point. In 2020, McKinsey and Leanin.org released their annual Women in the Workplace study and they found that burnout rates were really starting to hit scary numbers because of women feeling all this pressure at work and then also being three times more likely to take on housework at home. And that was actually ending up to be about 20 additional hours of work per week. And then we see fast forward one year later and women are more burnt out than ever. One in three mothers have considered actually downshifting their careers or leaving the workforce entirely because of the stress that we're seeing. And now it's really come to bear in this recent survey where We're potentially going to see that 90% of professional women change jobs in the next five
2: years. I was reading a couple weeks ago in a trade publication about a major national event that a lot of people from our industry normally would have attended pre-pandemic. But in this post-pandemic world, people's priorities have kind of shifted. And the attitude is more like, well, if I can make it, I'll go. But I don't think it's absolutely necessary for me to go. Are you seeing that elsewhere as well?
0: Completely. I think you really hit on something here in that we are seeing that people are waking up to this idea that the way we work really isn't working for us anymore in many different ways. And we're seeing a reprioritization around our value system and looking at how our careers can fit into our lives as holistic human beings rather than the other way around. And it was such that pre-pandemic, before the COVID shutdown, we were all In our routines and hustling and on that hamster wheel, go, 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 that we never really looked around to stop and think, are we living the way that we want to be living? And are we working the way that we want to be living? But that, you're spot on. That's exactly what happened. All of a sudden, the world pauses. We're able to continue business as usual for A lot of our organizations with virtual work and the like and schools are able to move into virtual forms as well. And it really made everyone stop and think, how could this be different? Could I really be more focused on being a happy, healthy person At home, for my family, for my friends and other aspects of my life rather than giving it all to my career anymore.
2: Tell us about your journey and what made you decide to hit the reset button and what led you to launch Raise to Rise?
0: Well, you know what, Nikki, I was absolutely one of those women and one of those people who woke up during the pandemic. When the lockdown hit, I had been working really crazy hours, both in a senior level role and doing an executive MBA program and was working up to 20 hours per day. And it was catching up to me. I had a couple of episodes of throwing up blood that sent me to the ER, but it just felt like I had to keep moving. Other people were losing their jobs as a result of the pandemic. And if I'm completely honest and vulnerable, I had a lot of my own personal identity and self-worth tied up in how much I worked and produced on behalf of my employer. And it was really hard to untether from that. So eventually I started cutting back on work, but my nervous system still had had too much and I ended up getting shingles in April, 2021. So I quit the job that I was in. I was a CMO at the time and accepted a new job in Florida and made a move to, uh, the Beach, which has been a total game changer in adapting to a really a slower pace of life and one that is more about Sarah as a holistic person rather than Sarah as just the high-achieving corporate ladder climber.
2: And how is the Great Resignation representative of a much larger movement at hand in which women are shifting how they approach their careers?
0: It's exactly what you have touched on already, Vicki, in that we are starting to think about how we architect our careers, and not just in the ways that we've always been taught. So for women, careers can be extremely sticky because not only are we told, you know, certain lies about how we're just supposed to approach our careers, and that is, you know, we're young and we're just supposed to figure out and know at the age of 18 or early 20s exactly what we're going to do for the next 40 years. And that then we take this one path that we're going to commit to, and it's all about, climbing the ladder and pulling down heftier paychecks. And we never really stopped to think like, is that even what we want as humans generally, but as women too. And then I was just having this conversation with a woman right before this. For women, we had this pressure to get a seat at the table. And we think about, I think about my grandmother who had worked her way into a real estate company and the discrimination that she experienced just even back in the 80s. And it's almost like, we felt this pressure from generations before to be like, I want to be here and I'm going to work hard to prove that I deserve to be here. So you take in combination that it's like, okay, this is the way you approach your career. It's a very linear, driven, masculine approach. And then you add in kind of like all of those other pressures and what we've been taught as women, and it can get really sticky. So what we're starting to see is an excavating of the deeper values and a full-scale reassessment and renegotiation of what it means to be a woman in the workplace. And that's more of this, I can find flexible ways to work. I can show up as my whole self. I don't have to pretend that I'm not a mother with doctor's appointments or school plays to attend, things like that. And so I think there's this really beautiful collective awakening and transformation that's happening that is going to change how we look at work as a society moving forward.
2: I'm speaking with career transition expert, Sarah McElroy, who's also founder of Raise to Rise. What are some of the falsehoods women have been told as to how we approach our careers?
0: It really lines up with these ideas that we should just pick a career for stability and security and just pursue our careers in the ways that really men do, if I'm completely honest. If we look at the workplace systems, they were built by men for men to help them succeed and be comfortable and women we've kind of had to just fit in in their world in the systems that have been designed for them and so it becomes really difficult when we're expected to cut off aspects of ourselves to show up in a workplace in almost an inauthentic way because we're trying to keep up with men and work in the same ways that, that they do and so I think that being taught that feminine qualities related to our intuitive nature, empathy, some of the softer skills that make women really amazing collaborators in the workplace, being told that those could be seen as weak or soft or not having a place in the workforce has really done us a disservice. So the more that we can embrace those aspects of ourselves rather than believing in the lies that those things are not valuable, the better off we'll be.
2: How do you know when you've reached the point where your job is taking more than it's giving?
0: You know, Vicki, I think we always know. As much as we maybe mentally don't want to admit it, we always do. And, and oftentimes it's really manifesting itself in our bodies can also be in irritability, lack of sleep, frustration with our family and friends. It can be lack of energy too, where we're coming home at the end of the day, just exhausted and we're not even wanting to show up in the rest of our personal lives. And I know that's really, that was the case for me. I was seeing things like exhaustion in addition to the health concerns, but I was so proud of my success and so much of my identity was wrapped up in all of that, that it was really hard to say, Sarah, I think you're going to have to walk away. So, I think we, if we're attuned to the brilliant systems that our bodies and our minds related to how these red flags show up to get our attention, and they always will, regardless of how much we might try to push them off, they will always show up. That's how you'll know. And it becomes then a matter of being able to honor that knowing and craft a plan for what your next move is going to be, to almost give yourself a little bit of comfort that, I'm listening to this, I'm not not doing something about it, so that you can feel a bit more like you're settled and that there's an end in sight, that's going to be the best way to make your transition.
2: And what should someone expect once they decide to quit? And I'm talking before, during, and after that process.
0: Sure, Absolutely. This has been a fascinating part of the Raise to Rise project in that I have talked to women about that experience of the before, during, and after. And what we really see is that it's not just a linear sort of a path. And you can make that decision and you're going to take that action. You're honoring that knowing that you need to do something differently. That's all great. And you're taking the time to build out a plan for what you want to do next, because that's really important. We've seen that anywhere between 20 and 70%, depending on the survey, of members from the Great Resignation have actually said they regret quitting their job. So while I am a huge proponent of knowing when to walk away, it's about doing it in a really conscious and intentional way. And of course, making sure you have your ducks in a row, your, you know, you've got your financial situation, in a great place where you're not worried about that. You know how you're going to tie up these ends in your organization, things along those lines. And then during of the course, you're managing the emotions and ensuring that you are leading on the best of terms, of course, that you can. And then finally afterwards, I think what people don't realize is that just because you're making a move and it's coming from a place that is more connected and moving you more in the direction of where you know you want to need to go, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be perfect. And having that expectation can actually set us up for real disappointment. And so I'll give the example, personally, the Florida job that I took, I am still so grateful that I took that job, but I could have been really disappointed. It did not work out. And I ended up in a situation where I was dealing with a sexual harassment situation that wasn't properly addressed. And so I ultimately ended up walking away again as I had from my CMO role, but I wouldn't have learned what I've learned. And I, I am telling you right now, I wouldn't be doing Raise to Rise and I wouldn't be talking to women about their experiences related to the Great Resignation had that not happened. So it becomes being able to be agile and embrace uncertainty and to know that even if you're going to hit bumps in the road, which inevitably we do, because that's just, life, even if it's not this job, it could be the next job, there's real opportunity to know and believe that the path is leading you somewhere closer to where you're meant to be, and that there's learning to come from even the hardest of times the challenges we face. And
2: how can we follow the Raise to Rise project?
0: Yes, you can check out Raise to Rise at raisetorise.com. And that phrase as in R-A-Z-E-T-O and then R I S E. -E 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 Dot com. And that's where I am interviewing women and sharing their stories from the Great Resignation. Really, the goal is to crowdsource their incredible wisdom and insights to help other women craft a more conscious and intentional way forward with their careers and really embrace this kind of collective awakening that we're seeing.
2: And any last thoughts for us?
0: I just think that there are so many amazing women who have had to face some really difficult challenges the last couple of years related to their careers and making really hard decisions as to whether they're staying in a role and if it's taking too much from them at home and they're struggling with other issues related to childcare and things like that. And what I would say is that I believe despite the challenges, we are shifting how we work and acting for better and standing up for what women deserve in the workplace. And so I would say just continue to be strong and stick with that knowing that's telling you that you should do something better or there's something more out there for you because you're right and you will get there even if it's difficult.
2: Thank you so much for talking with us today and sharing those words of encouragement. Thank you, Vicki. It was so wonderful to be here. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and
1: eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one,